and I'd like to welcome you back to our series on Power Through Kingdom Emotion. Uh, this is going to be another dual lesson, so we're going to talk through lessons 9 and 10, uh, because lesson 9 is somewhat short, but even though it's short, it's really quite interesting. Um, I think that you're going to enjoy this, and uh, we're, we're going to get into some fun stuff here as we kind of start to bring this course to a close. So we're going to do a dual lesson for this one, and then uh, I think we're going to do another dual lesson uh, for lessons 11 and 12, uh, because they coincide uh, very nicely. So let's open up with a word of prayer, and then we'll get into the content for lesson 9, and uh, just make ourselves ready. So Heavenly Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we do come before you, and we thank you, Lord God, for all that you do for us. We thank you, Lord God, that we can come together in spirit and in truth, and uh, Father, that we can we can take these things uh, and and just ponder them, bring them into Scripture, and 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 look and see how Scripture aligns with life and and how you're moving on us each and every day. We thank you, Lord God, that there is nothing, absolutely nothing, that we can do or say that can escape you. Father, we thank you for being present with us all the time, every moment of every day, waking or sleeping. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that these words uh, would speak to someone today, Lord God, that that, uh, whoever it is that needs to hear this message would hear exactly what you intend for them to hear. Lord God, I do ask in the name of Jesus that you would uh, anoint the ears and the hearts of those listening in to receive, and Father, that you would anoint my lips to speak. I give you thanks, honor, and praise, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ Most High, and all God's children said, Amen. So for Lesson 9, we're going to talk a little bit about memory. Um, Memory is obviously something that all of us think about at some point or another. Um, there's, There's different reasons to consider memory, whether it's you walked in the room and forgot what you were doing, or uh, you picked up the phone to call someone, and they picked up, and as soon as they said hello, you said, oh, I forget why I called you. Memory is something that really does cross our minds, probably almost daily, but what is memory, and why, why is it important to us? Memory is obviously the remembering of details and remembering of events. Okay, so you, uh, sometimes it's fun to talk about your earliest childhood memory, just to try and remember um, something from as far back as you can possibly think. And, um, and, and sometimes as you think back, you can't quite pinpoint it. And some, some people, it's a surefire. I absolutely know what my earliest memory was. Um, but for other people, it's like, well, I, it, it, I guess it kind of escapes me. I'm not 100% sure of what my earliest memory is, and they have to think about it a while. And um, for others, uh, it's, it's amazing, as you look through pictures, sometimes you'll look at a picture of your childhood, and though it's not something that's uh, per se always in your memory, when you look at the picture, you remember the moment. And that's really amazing. Uh, we talked many times about how pictures are the language of the heart. And uh, the, the memories that we have 
when we when we look at pictures of course they they make us feel something why because that 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 picture that we're looking at causes us to remember it 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 stirs up a memory and that memory fuels up the emotion that makes us feel whatever we feel okay whether that's positive or negative but here's the thing that a lot of people don't seem to know about memory. Memory is actually stored deeper than the brain. Okay? So we 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 think about memory and how, you know, you remember what you had for lunch yesterday or you remember uh, what you were doing five years ago today. Whatever it is that you remember. And we tend to uh, automatically think that that is all coming straight from our brain. But the truth is that memory is actually stored in our cells. Okay? Um, in our cells and even in our tissues. And I guess I never really uh, put this together for myself. I'll speak from personal experience. As I, as I, as I read through this course and, um, and I myself actually was the student here, I had to kind of stop and, and realize that I've been taught this, but never in such a way that it would translate this way. So I think about memories and cells and memories and tissue. I remember when I was taking piano lessons and after so long, I would be able to sit at the piano and play a song without looking at my hands and without reading the music. And I attribute that to memory, right? Because I've memorized the song that I'm playing. But it's deeper than just my brain memorizing a picture of the music and memorizing how to move my fingers. Because I realized down the road that I can set my hands on a keyboard and begin to play without thinking about it. And that is called muscle memory. And so I learned about muscle memory when I was in piano lessons as a, as a young child. And, and I never really thought much about, well, I guess my hands just learn and they remember where to go. Uh, so now as, as, as an adult and, uh, um, you know, years, long years after having taken piano lessons, when I sit down at the keyboard, my hands fall into place, and I don't really think about where they land. They just go straight to where they belong. And uh, that is, of course, with my right thumb always at middle C, um, and that's, that's always where I begin, no matter what I'm going to play, no matter what key I'm going to play in. That's I always begin in the same position and I play a quick scale just to warm my hands up. But I never really uh, took it that seriously. I just thought, wow, okay, my muscles have learned what to do. But muscle memory is more than what I ever thought it really was. We see some issues uh, with people who have had tissue transplants. Maybe you already see where I'm going to go with this. 
I found it very unique as I read. Um, there, there's a lot of reading. You guys get out of the uh, reading aspect of these courses because I just teach them. Um, but, but for me, as, as I learn through these courses, I do a lot of reading. And as I read about memory in cells and in tissues, I read about transplant patients and how um, there, there's an account of one person who received a heart transplant and after having the heart transplant, um, the person had very vivid dreams of being murdered. And what had actually happened, uh, they found out later through deep, detailed research that the donor had been murdered. And, and this person, uh, the, the person who received the transplant, actually was having these vivid dreams of being murdered in the same way that the donor was murdered. And I know that that's kind of deep and a little bit dark, um, but it, it really speaks to the power of memory in our muscle and in our tissue um, and, and clear down to the cellular level. And so th- we say all of that to, to bring you to this. When we, when we look at our memories, and if you've been through a medical procedure where you've been put under anesthesia, um, if you've had, you know, any kind of bone tissue or muscle transplant, something of, of any effect, if you've been under anesthesia, there's uh, some, some different things that you need to be watchful for. And it's very important to have a grasp of your kingdom emotions of compassion and gratitude, right? Uh, so that you know how to get into God's presence and, and what's going to drive the healing process, okay? Um, we talked in a previous course called Counseled by God about inner healing, about how we go through and, and we... We just ask the Lord to begin to heal our heart and our spirit. And, and so through the course of inner healing, and if you need to review that, you are welcome to go back to that course. They are still published. Um, or if you want to um, talk about inner healing more one-on-one with me, I'm more than happy to uh, talk with you about that. But through the course of inner healing, we bring everything to God and we say, Father, just heal me. And, and piece by piece, he begins to pick things up and say, all right, this is what needs healed. And he'll bring you to the front of a scene. Okay, because of course, there we are again, pictures being the language of the heart so that you remember. And, and you walk into that scene, but you stop before it becomes traumatic. And you, you see God in that scene. You see Jesus. And you allow Jesus to make things right. You allow Jesus to heal you. Okay, inner healing can be incredibly important, especially if you've ever had any kind of a surgery, uh, but specifically any type of a transplant. So, what can we do? We can pray protection prayers for others and ourselves. Uh, Those get very detailed and, and very deep, and there, there's a lot of different ways to pray protection prayers, um, 
but I honestly believe that if you pray with the guiding of the Holy Spirit, um, as you should uh, in every in every situation, but if you pray with the guiding and the leading of the Holy Spirit for protection of yourself or for others when they're undergoing a procedure, I truly believe that God will honor that prayer. I believe that God honors bold prayers. Okay. Um, now, going a little bit further than that, of course, um, we have generational memories. These fall into place with generational sins and generational curses. There is a way to deal with that. And generational memories, um, those, they're, they're not as clear as generational sins and generational curses. Generational memories, um, I guess probably the easiest um, example to give you would be uh, descendants of those who were in the Holocaust, um, Holocaust survivors. They, they, they have the memory and, and it's traumatic memory of the Holocaust and they survived it and they've gone on and they've had children and grandchildren and maybe they haven't talked about the Holocaust, and maybe they have. Um, but for this example, we're going to say that they haven't. But there's something uh, that, that seems to lurk around the whole family. And they all tend to have the same uneasiness about them. Well, that likely started with Grandma or Grandpa, who survived the Holocaust and has that traumatic memory and passed it forward. Um, and, and, and a lot of times, this is why generational memories aren't quite as clear. A lot of times, generational memories get tied in to a generational curse. Uh, and that's, I, I, I could go on for a really long time on generational sins and curses but I, I basically want to boil it down to this. I don't want to spend a lot of time there because it's not truly the point. Um, and, and we're going to keep digging into that a little bit, actually, as we move into Lesson 10. Um, so, so generational memories kind of tie together with generational curses. And it's super important to know this. If you're dealing with a generational sin or a generational curse and there's a generational memory that's kind of intertwined there, you basically have to start with the inner healing process, uh, allow God into that scene, even if it's not your own, uh, if, if it's not your own scene, if it's a, if it's a generational memory, you, you can actually ask the Lord to take you into that memory and cleanse it, okay? Even if you were not yourself there, but you you have grandma or grandpa's generational memory of the Holocaust, you can just ask the Lord to step into that moment and cleanse your heart, cleanse, cleanse your spirit of that, and, and just make it at peace for you. And that's the beautiful thing, because God God is timeless and knows no boundary, and so he can go... Uh, he, he can be present with you right now and walk you back to the Holocaust time and heal that memory even though you weren't there. And, and, and it's amazing the way that God will do that. And 
So from that point, from the point of inner healing, then you need to go forward and determine, okay, is there an unhealthy soul tie that that is in this mess? And if you can pinpoint an unhealthy soul tie or an ungodly soul tie, then you can sever that with the refiner's fire. And then you can pinpoint the generational curse that is there and you can break the generational curse. Okay? Um, and like I said, that's, that's all very intensive and I could, I could take, I could take you on a whole separate class. Uh, I could, I could take you on another 12 week journey just covering how to, um, how to, how to break off generational sins, generational curses, unhealthy soul ties. I could spend a full 12 weeks on it, but I don't think that it's uh, quite necessary for this course. But I want you to know this, that memory is very powerful and God still rules over memory. God is still sovereign over memory, whether positive or traumatic, and God can and will heal it if you ask him to. So as we close lesson 9, I want to leave you with the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 36. Maybe you know it offhand. Quote it with me if you do. John 8, 36. If the Son therefore shall make you free, what? You shall be free indeed. Amen. We're going to walk into lesson 10 now. And what we need to do is we need to talk about casting out demons okay um this is this is a very deep lesson and although it's very deep it's not terribly long but we have to know first and foremost demons are very real angels are very real why because we serve a living god and, and, and the scripture tells us that our, our battles are not flesh and bone. Our battles are in the spirit, between powers and principalities. We, we, we fight battles day in and day out that are not flesh battles. It's called spiritual warfare. And sometimes, to get through spiritual warfare, you have to use the shared authority that Jesus Christ gave you in the shedding of his blood to cast out demons. Amen? Mark 16, 15 gives us our instruction there. In my name they shall what? Yes, cast out demons. Okay? And so, part sometimes part of breaking a generational curse, see how these two lessons are going to tie together, sometimes part of breaking a generational curse is actually casting out a demon, okay? Because, uh, you, you know, if, if mom or dad deals with this generational curse and it's coming into your life uh, because, because they never dealt with it, there might be a demon present, okay? And, and sometimes you alone can find that. Sometimes you are the one that can see it in your own life and say, okay, I need deliverance because this is happening to me. Other times you can't see it so clearly and someone else will see it and say, hey, 
you need deliverance because this is the path that you're walking and chances are when someone says that to you you are immediately going to be offended yeah you are immediately going to be offended oh don't say that about me no that's not no you'll deny it and the reason that you will deny it is because that demon has 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 created a place in your life where you've you've grown comfortable with it in your life and so you let it stay well here's the problem is demons like to hitch a ride and they don't like to pay their rent because paying rent means they're probably um, gonna have to get kicked out because they can't actually pay the rent so so when you have somebody come up to you and say hey you know what I think you need deliverance ministry be slow to anger be slow to speak be quick to listen be teachable hear them out because they might see something on you that you can't see on yourself so in order to uh, have, a, have a good understanding about this we need to talk about what a demon's house looks like Okay, um, if you have a, a, a piece of paper, you might want to make a sketch. Okay, and you, you're going to draw a house on your paper. Okay, so I want I want a foundation, I want walls, I want a roof, and I want a floor above the foundation. Okay, in a demon's house, there is a foundation of generational sins and curses. That's why most of, that's why I said most of the time if you're dealing with a generational sin or a generational curse that mom or dad hasn't dealt with you need you need to really realize that there might very well be a demon that that's keeping you comfortable with that sin. Um, here's the thing. There's, there's, there's sometimes some, what we look at as gray area. And I, I don't believe that the Bible was written in gray. I believe that the Bible was written in black, white, and red. Um, and, and as you look at your own life, you have to look at it with, with some level of transparency and ask the Lord to show you and, and reveal to you what's going on in your life. Okay, so a demon's house has a foundation of generational sins and curses. Then on top of that foundation, there's now a subfloor being laid. And that subfloor that gets laid on top of the foundation is made up of ungodly soul ties. Okay, you've developed uh, inter- intertwining relationships with people that do not honor God because of the generational sin or the generational curse that built the foundation for this demon to live in your life. Okay, so then on top of those ungodly soul ties that you've created by by establishing relationship 
with the wrong people, you put up walls of negative expectation and, and sometimes maybe an inner vow. You vow uh, to live a certain way or maybe to not live a certain way. And, and so these walls go up on top of now these ungodly soul ties. And, and now that demon has walls that it can live in for its own safety. And, and it can run you down this negative path to, to just keep you walking a little bit further and a little bit further from God. And then you put the roof on it, and the roof of the demon's house is full of traumatic pictures and sometimes word curses. Okay, traumatic pictures. We don't really need to explain what those are. Um, we would... We would consider those vain imagination, right? Because we've already talked about the imagination and how it's, it's used to bring glory to God when your eyes are fixed on Jesus and you think and, and you meditate on the images that he brings you that are positive, that are of him, that are scripture-focused, that are spirit-focused. But in the, on, on the roof of a demon's house... There's traumatic pictures. And in the traumatic pictures, it's easy to build those word curses. The biggest way, the, 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 the easiest way to speak a word curse over yourself is to use the words I am and follow that with something negative. Okay? Um, I believe it's in the book of Job that we are taught that right words are powerful. The exact the, the 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 way that the King James paints that out, it says, "How forcible are right words?" Okay, um, words are so powerful. We speak, and 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 something must come when we speak. Read Genesis one one. God spoke, and so it was, and and so there's power in the spoken word okay and so if you're speaking things over yourself you might be speaking a word curse and putting an extra layer of shingles on the demon's house and you don't want to do that you want to um, be very cautious in how you speak uh, be, be very thoughtful think think before you speak Maybe a parent told you that one time in your life. Maybe two times in your life. Think before you speak. Speak slowly. Be intentional about what you say. Okay? And, and, and so, now you know what the demon's house looks like. And, and if you drew the picture, then you have a good visual of what that looks like, okay? Um, Luke eleven twenty four says this, When an unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walks through dry places, seeking rest and finding none. He says, I will return unto my house from whence I came. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walks through dry places, seeking rest. Finding none, he says... 
I will return to my house from whence I came. That gives us just enough information to know what we need to do. Alright, so in order to cast out a demon or tear down the demon's house, we have to dismantle the demon's house starting with... I personally say start with the foundation. Find find that generational sin. If you can pinpoint that, then you're going to knock the you're going to knock the foundation out and everything else is going to follow suit. If that's too deep, if you can't get to that, start with the roof. Start by changing those traumatic pictures. Use that imagination to glorify your God. If you can't find the traumatic pictures, clean up your language. Start speaking blessings over yourselves rather than using word curses. Okay, and then as soon as you've gotten that to come into alignment with scripture, start taking down those walls. Replace the negative expectations and the inner vows with positive expectations and, and, and speak scripture over your life. Don't speak negative vows. Don't, don't take vows uh, that, that God is not honored by, but, but speak scripture over your life. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. And then take down the subfloor after that. Find the ungodly soul ties that, that surround you and start severing those got ungodly soul ties one after the next after the next. You're going to find that there's a variety of them intertangled and in, 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 in interwebbed together. And then finally, you're going to make it to the, to the foundation. And then you're going to be able to see there's the generational curse. And right now, in the name of Jesus, I speak to you generational curses and I sever, remove, and destroy you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who came in the flesh. All right? And as soon as that process is done, that demon is evicted. Immediately. 110% do not miss this step. Whether you are casting a demon out of your own life, or if you are casting the demons out of another person. Do not miss this step. This is very important. You dismantle that demon's house. You evict that demon. Get out of my life in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth who came in the flesh. And right now, as soon as that demon exits, you immediately replace that house. You you fill the void with the Holy Spirit. You evict the demon and it is replaced not just once, replace it tenfold. That's the power of your words. Replace it tenfold. If the Holy Spirit leads you greater, replace it twentyfold. If the Holy Spirit it pushes you deeper, hallelujah, then you replace it thirtyfold, a hundredfold for all that matters. You replace it and replace it and replace it with the power of the Holy Ghost so that that demon can wander around and after he's walked through the dry places seeking rest and says I can't find any rest and so I'm going back to where my where my house is he comes back and says oh the holy ghost and he vanishes right then and he cannot take up residence again because the power of Jesus Christ prevails and somebody say amen because that's exciting all right so right now we're just going to quiet ourselves down before the Lord right now. 
and we're going to begin to enter into God's presence together. And I just want you to take a, a moment. I just want you to be still with him, okay? I don't care if you need to start singing. I don't care if you need to raise your hands. But I want you to take the next, uh, I'm, I'm going to give you three minutes just to bask in the presence of God. And I want you to listen to the voice of God. See if he's going to reveal something to you about your own life. And at the end of this three minutes, I'm going to begin to pray. But just soak in his presence. Hallelujah. Welcome. Welcome, Lord Jesus. Enter our presence. Holy Spirit, come now and join us. We welcome you here, Lord God. Praise your name. Praise him. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. time in his presence just go ahead and turn this off right now and just stay in his presence
that's what you can do. Just, just, just turn this off and stay in his presence. We're going to bring this to a close. I'm going to pray over you and leave you with a scripture. The scripture I want to leave you with is Mark 3 and 25. It says this, If a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And what that, what that speaks to is not only a household, but know this, that you, your body is a temple of God. Your body, your being is the house of God. And if your house is divided against itself, you can't make up your mind, you're sitting on the fence, that house won't be able to stand. you got to make a decision. And that decision has to be Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we do thank you for this time. We thank you, Lord God, for your presence made known among us. We thank you, Father, that who you have set free surely is free, is free indeed. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, go before, beside, and behind each one of us for days to come, for weeks to come, that we would know each day that we've been in your presence. I thank you, Lord God, for this time and pray that you would continue this ministry under your children, Lord God, that they would spend time in your presence, seeking your face, knowing, Lord God, that it is you, that it is you, who is mighty and capable worthy of all things thank you Lord God for your love that you pour out upon us it is in the name of Jesus Christ most high we thank you all God's children said amen God bless you all have a wonderful day we'll meet back here just a few days to wrap this course up with lessons 11 and 12 God bless you all We'll meet again.